Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse, Golf Monthly's weekly look at the various different events around the world in golf. Today we look back on Lee Westwood's 25th European Tour win, preview two huge events on the European and PGA Tours, plus stay tuned until the end for a special quiz. Hi guys, Justin Rose here and welcome to the Golf Monthly Clubhouse podcast. Hello, I'm Elliot Heath. Welcome to the Clubhouse. Uh, I'm in the hot seat this week because there's no Tom Clark. Tom and his family had their second baby last week, as you may have expected. So congratulations to Tom and the family. This week, I'm joined by Sam Tremlett, the usual Golf Monthly podcaster. And there is a kind of debut for Nick Bonfield. What a pleasure to be back, Elliot. Debut? (laughs) Well, yeah, so... If you've been listening to this podcast for a long time, you'll know Nick Bonfield. He credits himself as the founder of the Golf Monthly podcast. He incorrectly credits himself as that, yes. Also known as uh, the old stats man. Yes. Uh, so does it feel good to be back? It feels great to be back, Elliot, and I've, I've snuck back in whilst Plaza's is away, which I'm sure he's going to be delighted about. Um, yes, very much looking forward to it. So, it, listeners, if you don't know who Nigel is, Nigel works on the print side of the magazine, so writes all the well sorts out all the features all the front section everything like that and you sent the mag to press last week didn't you so uh, what have we got coming up oh there's some really excellent feature content as i like to think there always is we've got a good feature with john rahm a complete guide to driving and several other really interesting bits that you'll need to check out so that goes on sale a week thursday nice and sam you've been doing lots of gear stuff lately uh obviously january is a very busy time of the year yeah gear stuff is pretty pretty hectic at the moment and i must admit watching the golf tournaments this weekend I was just mainly looking at what different clubs they have in the bag which is kind of sad but uh, just trying to keep on top of that stuff I must say as all listeners Sam and I just sharing a microphone so uh, apologies for that anybody played golf lately? I still haven't this year no it's been a poor start to the year from a golfing perspective Um, and my golf itself has gone downhill as you keep reminding me as well Elliot so yeah, I think I'm going to wait till the sun comes out to, to play some more golf yeah I was in Budapest at the weekend and it was absolutely freezing so I think England's quite warm so I think oh, I don't know. I went, I'm quite up for golf today, yesterday, yesterday the day before the range over the weekend and it was absolutely freezing yeah, yeah it's to the range in January that's impressive no, I commitment well I had to post these videos I had to get some videos of my terrible short game so <laughs> it was beyond cold no it's really sunny out there today it's yeah. probably like 10 degrees in budapest it was minus two it was like raining ice it's not 10 degrees <laughs> it's it, like something that. like that <laughs> uh right anyway to warmer climates last week was the abu dhabi hsbc championship westwood won his 25th european tour title his 44th professional victory just a brilliant final round he shot five under par led after 54 holes i didn't really think he was going to win but when i saw that he did I was actually over the moon, so uh, congratulations, Lee. Did you guys watch it? Uh, I watched some of it, yeah. His putting that final day was unreal. Like, his driver was a little bit... I mean, that's usually like the strength of his game, but his putting was unreal the whole day. He seems to get on with that ping, doesn't he? The yeah. Sigma fetch, yeah. He, a um, lovely moment for ping as he reaches his putter yeah. into the hole and grabs the ball out at the end. Yeah, didn't do it at any other point during the final round. No, it was kind of... the 18th. It, there... They're kind of built for the older player, aren't they? To that's, pick the ball up. Fair, yeah. And that's exactly what he did. Maybe it was a little metaphor saying, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm still around. Yeah, he's 45 years of age, isn't he? 46. 46. He's going to be 47 in April, I think. Wow. Okay, well, but that's, that was, that's, going back to the putting, it was, it was really interesting to actually look at the stats post-tournament. 
I saw that he was third in strokes gained off the tee, which obviously is to be expected when it comes to Westwood. But he's also third in strokes gained putting, which is obviously a huge turnaround from his regular performance on the greens. And it just shows if he gets hot on a particular week, the ball striking's still there. So there's every chance that he's going to contend and win again moving forward. Yeah, when did he start using the claw grip? My... Yeah, quite recently. Yeah, it must I think it's the work with Phil Kenyon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I didn't. I only noticed that while watching during the final round. I was like, <laughs> but I think he gained something like seven and a half or eight shots over the field on the greens throughout the course of the four rounds. Yeah, yeah but so here he's jumped from outside the world's top sixty to twenty ninth, which basically rubber stamps his Masters appearance. Which I guess he'll be very happy with that. Um, first player to win in the nineties, noughties, tens, and twenties as well. That is. A very impressive statistic. That is, yeah. It's so testament to consistency, isn't it? Yeah, and that's. I think that's often an underappreciated thing in professional golf is levels of consistency over an extended period of time. I mean, so many variables come into it, not just on the course but off it too. And to stay that dedicated, committed, and focused over that long a time span is, is really impressive. So, yeah, doffing our caps to Westford. And Nigel, you ghost wrote his column last year, I didn't did, you? Yes. He was our playing editor for the year. He was, yeah. He's a, a fascinating character. I probably approached it with a little bit of trepidation because I'd seen some of the interviews that he'd done, uh, various media outlets, and sometimes he's not overly forthcoming with his responses to questions, but you just learn over time that he's been doing this for so long and if he doesn't have anything genuine to add, he just will say, I don't really know, I don't mind. Uh, and the key is just a... Uh, Right, ask him the right questions and then if you do ask him the right questions he comes up with some fascinating answers but he's sort of a no-nonsense kind of guy to interview he doesn't have anything to add he won't say anything and that's somewhat refreshing I suppose in a way at least he doesn't waffle on with inane answers and media trained answers that a lot of people yeah he's been around doesn't he he knows the score so rewind something like 14-15 months 2018 Ryder Cup he's a vice captain you're thinking his playing days on the European team are over now he is actually in the team as things stand. Do you think a 47-year-old Lee Westwood could actually qualify for Whistling Straits? Yes, he could. Yes. Do I think he will? Probably not, no. And do I think... This is going to sound strange. Do I think he wants to play? I'm not so sure. No, he said he not, he's not sure he can take another Ryder Cup. He said he would love to play and be honoured to play if he qualifies. Yeah. But if he doesn't, he does not want a wildcard pick. I mean, that kind of tells you a lot, doesn't it? I mean, it must great, be so be stressful. There, but like, it's stressful, and like, I think he's looking at it a little bit of, you know, I've had my time maybe, and we've got so many good young European players coming up now. Mm. Maybe he's thinking, I don't want to take the space of one of them. But maybe since- he wants more vice captaincy experience as well, because presumably he has an eye on the captaincy moving exactly, forward. Yeah. Having said that, yeah. I think he made those comments in an emotional time in the aftermath of his victory I think when the dust settles he will reflect on that and absolutely accept a wildcard pick now will he get one well obviously it depends how he's playing at the time but I possibly wouldn't pick him if he was outside myself but that's just me no I don't think I'd pick him if he was outside either but if he plays his way into the team then anybody that does that deserves it absolutely is there a case now a bit off topic but like is he the most underrated player to probably ever play the game because I was thinking about this because everybody always throws at him the fact that he hasn't won a major and yet as you said he's won a tournament in four decades now he's been world number one unbelievable Ryder Cup record it's like there's a case to be made that he is the most underrated player 
ever, would you say? I don't know. I'm not sure. Not so sure he's overrated. Um, underrated. Sorry, under, under, <laughs> underrated. Yeah, I'm not so sure he's underrated. I think he gets because a lot of plaudits for his accomplishments. But um, he still gets the usual thing like Monty. Monty's another that, oh, he hasn't won a major. Oh, he's not worth... You know what I mean? I think well, that's just the nature of professional golf. But it's just a major at the end of the day. Form. He's done all this other stuff. He's won in five continents, I believe. He's won over four decades. He's won 25 European Tour titles. You can't take any of that away from him. You he can't take it away, but at the end of his career, there will always be an asterisk against his career accomplishments if he doesn't win yeah. the big four. And I'm afraid that's just the reality of professional golf. He's not won enough in America either as well, is something you could say to yeah. him as well. How many times has he won in the States? I want to say like once or twice. Once or twice, yeah. Oh, he's still a phenomenal player. No, I, get, I get it. I don't think Amazing it's... longevity and, and a heck of a player, but there will always be that asterisk there. Yeah, that's how people are measured, whether rightly or wrongly, that's how people are measured in the professional sphere. He'll definitely go down as one of the best ball strikers of all time, or he the best will. drivers at least. Yeah. I think if you're taking Eddie Wan's long game, sorry, specifically off the tee, I mean, yeah. I'd put sort of Garcia and Westwood really high up there, Dustin Johnson and Roy McIlroy probably, but talking 10 years ago, Westwood was you know, the, the best driver of the golf ball in, in world golf. Yeah. I mean, I get it. It's the reality that everybody only ever focuses on the majors. I'm just saying it shouldn't be the case because, like, him, I mean, like, Monty should get more credit. Him and F, he's like, he's had like 21 European Tour wins. So it's like people, players like that, if they don't win a major, it's just like they seem to get forgotten. Mm. You know, the other side of the coin is that he wasn't able to raise his game sufficiently in the events that matter the most, and that has to count against him a little bit. You've got to get a little bit lucky. Some people get lucky, and Westwood, you could say, oh, yeah, you make your own luck. I hate that phrase because that negates what luck is. But some players get lucky, like, just trying to think of any example, like, I don't know, Ben Curtis or Todd Hamilton or whoever. He just didn't seem, the chips didn't fall in the right way. Is that the right phrase? Yeah, dice, like, um, dice didn't roll. Like, Wai Yang, he had one shot at a major, really, against the toughest of opponents. And on that one day, he managed to pull it off. Exactly. But like, people, he's had opportunities to win, he's fallen back at the last hurdle, hasn't he? I mean, you look at the Open when uh, Tom Watson won. He bogeyed the last there. Yeah, that's um, fair. When Mickelson won as well, I think yeah. it was 54-hole yeah. leader. Uh, at the Masters when Mickelson won. When he was playing with Danny Willett in the Masters, he was, I think, one shot behind Willett on the 15th or 16th, and then he bogeys 16. Willett birdies, goes on to win. Uh, yeah, I get so it. So that it's... will be held against him, and, and I think that's fair enough. Yeah. But none of that takes away from... Yeah, just, none, of, just... none of that takes away from his career accomplishments. Yeah. It just, as I said for the third time, it will always be... Yeah. Slight asterisk on his yeah, career. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't quite have that cherry on top of his cake. No, That's but he's got a very good World cake. Number one, fantastic player. Yeah, um, winning in four decades is, is a truly special accomplishment. So congratulations to Lee. Yeah. Uh, right. Last week as well in America, Andrew Landry won the American Express, that massive birdie fest tournament. Uh, he <laughs> shot twenty six under. That was after having a six stroke lead. He had to birdie the last two to win which he did very impressively. It's his second PJ Tour victory. Abraham Answer was second after a final round 63. And I picked him on the podcast last week, if anybody remembers. <laughs> so yeah, 26 under par. Who wants to watch that, really? Is it a bit easy? Is it just boring well, watching them make me, birdies I mean, all the time? You're talking to a guy who thinks the US Open is the best event of the year, so I'm probably going to say it's a bit easy. But what I would say is there's room for all sorts of professional tournaments in a, in a schedule that comprises, what, 48 weeks? of the year it's not a tournament I personally put high up my priority list in terms of watching but I can understand why people would want to watch the top players in the world making a lot of birdies but I don't think it's 
overly interesting. I think it becomes a putting contest. I don't think it's challenging enough off the tier on the approaches, and it's it's not a tournament that's, as I say, top of my list. Yeah, they're, I can appreciate they're so good yeah. that they don't need a course mm. that easy. They need tougher courses to show their skill. You say that, but when the course first came onto PA Tour, all the, a lot of the players were complaining about how tough it was, so they can clearly set it up in a way that is tough, but clearly the powers that be have decided... They won't. <laughs> I think it makes sense where it is in the schedule as well. It's almost a, a warm-up event, a chance for these players to build a bit of confidence heading into a stretch of actually very difficult golf tournaments. You know, you think Torrey Pines coming up. You think um, you've got the Snake Pit and the Honda Classic and all these events coming up soon, haven't you? So maybe it's a, a good chance for these guys to make a lot of birdies, hold a lot of putts and get a bit of confidence going. Yeah, we've got some great run. events coming up. Torrey Pines this week. Riviera is another great one mm. coming up. I love that one. Phoenix. Phoenix is coming up, isn't it? Yeah. That's a bit of a birdie fest as well, but that's good fun to watch. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Uh, also last week, Matt Kuchel won the Singapore Open by three. This was despite an air shot and an eight on separate holes during the final round. I don't think that's ever happened before. Uh, He's the last person to win whilst having an air shot in the final round. Put you on the spot. Has that actually happened before? I don't think so. <laughs> no, it, Not it's a good I'm quiz question. Sure, surely it's Dave Taylor at the Royal Mid Surrey, another GM employee. Yes. Yeah, absolutely duffed <laughs> off the first tee. <laughs> Air shot it off the first tee, comes in with 38 points, wins the event. Cheers. Yeah. Yeah. Blame the headache. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Justin Rose was second in Singapore on an appearance for our guest, just like Kucha and Stenson. The three Olympians were all there, or the three medal winners. And then Jazz Jana Watananon was third, the uh, absolute Asian tour god. Yes. I'd quickly say something about Rose it was good to see him shoot a good final round I think it was 67 and um, obviously he really struggled over the weekend last season and I was looking at the statistics and his scoring average by round in 2019 14th in round 1 3rd in round 2 117th in round 3 and 170th in round 4 so that's obviously going to be a point of focus for him and something he's going to be looking to rectify in 2020 Yes I would say he had a very average year didn't he and probably highlight I mean, he looked so good at Torrey Pines everyone was talking about the new irons and how long it was going to take him to adapt I think that was the second week after he put them in play and he looked imperious at Torrey Pines and then was in contention for the Open Championship for the US Open and fell away badly in the last two Oh, the US there. Open was terrible the, yeah. the problem was like after he won the Farmers he took a long break didn't he yeah like, to try and get ready for the majors because yeah. it was a new schedule he, did, oh, he yeah, publicly so. said he didn't really Get I think that right. Also, I think he was looking ahead to 2020. Yeah, I think he said at the year. time because obviously he yeah. got the Ryder Cup and the Olympics too. Yeah. I mean, it's fair. How old is he now? 30. Well, he's in his 40s, 40, isn't he? 40. Right. I think. So he's not got his back. May not have many more years left. So I mean, whatever he can do to keep his career going, that extra year, year and a half. Because at Pebble, whatever. that was arguably his, like the best putting week of his entire career. And you would normally think that his long game would back that up because that's where his strength lies. But Not to take anything away, anything away from Woodland, who played really well under yeah, of incredible course. pressure. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if I'm honest, I fully expected him to fall away. Um, yeah. Really? Yeah, I did, yeah. But, with, yeah. with Kepka chasing and Rose chasing. Rose in the final group, having the, the best putting week of his life. Yeah, I expect him to fall away. But yeah, congratulations to him. It was a great performance. Uh, right, we'll preview the tournaments coming up this week. On the European Tour, we got the Dubai Desert Classic at Emirates Golf Club, defended by Bryson DeChambeau. Won by about six last year, I think. 
Uh, it was the first ever European tour event to be hosted on the Arabian Peninsula. First one was 1989. Oh, I've written this down. Hey. I thought that was going to be a quiz question. Yeah, so did I. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote it down. Just wait and see. There might be some easy ones thrown in there. <laughs> we got a big field this week including the golfing scientist as well as Fleetwood, Stenson, Garcia, Lowry, Westwood, Poulter, Oosthuizen and Fitzpatrick to name a few. Prize fund is $3.25 million so well down on last week's Rolex series event which was seven or something like that. Just quickly throwing it back to last week I was actually quite disappointed with the field I don't know if anyone else was. Um, I was looking through the 2018 European Ryder Cup team and only three players in that side actually played last week in Abu Dhabi which is a Rolex series event supposedly one of the top eight events on the European tour schedule and the people who weren't there Rose, Molinari, Hatton, Rahm, McElroy, Noren, Casey, Stenson and obviously Ollison for other reasons but I think that's quite disappointing I think the powers that be on the European tour will be looking at that and trying to think of ways to get more of the top players playing next year because that is somewhat disappointing for me and it's annoying that that some of those guys were playing in different events so like mm. Molinari, Noren that I know of, and I think Casey, I'm not sure, played in America. Rose obviously played in Singapore. Yeah. So it's, like it's, they're playing somewhere. Why are they not playing in... Yeah, and it's well, not a high-profile event in the States. Exactly. It's There's obviously appearance fees coming in here because... Yeah, and the Singapore Open did used to be in the European Tour and does have some prestige, but I was still surprised to see only three of the 2018 Ryder Cup team um, playing. But Brooks Kepka was there, the world number one. Patrick Cantlay, world number seven. Bryson. Yeah. Yeah. I'd I mean, like, like to that's see good. a bit more Europe. Yeah top-end European support myself. Yeah, uh, we had a, an interesting column in the last issue, didn't we, from Bill Elliott, our editor-at-large, who said the European Tour's a feeder tour, it needs to accept that. We put that on the website last week as well, if you want to read that. But yeah, he's right, isn't he, at the end of the day? I think the PJ Tour has always cordoned off certain parts of the schedule, and that's why the European Tour has adapted to have strong events at the start of the year. And in November, I think that's why it's especially disappointing to see lack comparative lack of support for Abu Dhabi um, because as, as we say there wasn't really much else uh, else on around the world of golf to, to attract these players aside from appearance fees and uh, but there's a massive event players. in California this week so do they really want to be flying from the Middle East to California well there's a whole string because of big, the PJ Tour takes of big priority the PJ Tour in the lead up to the Masters I would think that they'd be able to play two events in the desert and then go over to the States but Hey, I'm not a professional golfer. I don't understand the, the nuances of scheduling, but yeah, I was a little bit disappointed by that. And it's not as if they're <laughs> two hours before like having to fly, check in, stuff. Most of them are like private, aren't they? So it's not like they're having to deal with all the waiting times, all the difficulties in terms of travel. I'm not saying it's not difficult, travelling and flying, all that kind of stuff around the world, jet lag, all that stuff, but I'm just saying it's not. Maybe they should... Way, <laughs> yeah, we can never really like put ourselves in their shoes, no, can we? No, but if, if I was a professional golfer playing both tours, I would play Abu Dhabi, Dubai, I'd head over to the States, play uh, in the lead up to the Masters, play the Masters, then I'd probably pop back over to Europe for the Scottish, the Irish, play the Open, go play the FedEx Cup playoffs, and then come back for the final series. BMW as well, yeah. PGA. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's what I'd do. And as far as I as far as I can tell, that seems perfectly doable. But obviously, these guys have their reasons for not doing it. And, and who are we to argue against that? So Tom is away this week. Obviously, he's the GM tipster. I've actually done the betting tips on the website. I think I've okay. picked out some and, and me as well. Some very good ones. <laughs> well, for Dubai, I've done. Oh, sorry, uh, Sam, right. you've done. Sorry, apologies. The PJ Tour. I'll give you a couple of betting tips. 
One of them is Jazz Jana Watananond. He's in incredible form right now, and he travels well. You just wanted to show that you could pronounce his name. Uh, no, he's, he's no, in the blind pit. did it better the second time around, yeah, yeah, I'll have yeah, to say. Yeah. And then I'll give another one. Uh, sorry, Jazz is like 28 to 1. His last four starts have been like first, first, third, and fourth. And then another, going from the Asian tour god to the Japan golf tour god, we're going to go for Shugo Imahira. 125 to 1. Last year, two wins, five runners up. He doesn't travel well, though, so that's why he's at 125 to 1. But the odds are too good for me there. What about you guys? What are you saying, Sam? Uh, sorry, there are two more betting tips on the website. So, you know, head to www.golf-monthly.co.uk. So for Dubai, and I'm annoyed you didn't mention him earlier for like the top players like in, like in the field, it's like Bernd Wiesberger. I mean, he yeah. played really well last week, just had a bad final round where he shot level par. Imagine that, shooting level par and thinking it's a bad round. But he's on good form. He loves a win. <laughs> I mean, how many times has he won that? Eight? Is it nine or something like that? European Yeah, won three times and last like, year. And like three of them have been Rolex Series events, I think. Don't quote me on that. But yeah, I like Wiesberger. Can't remember what odds I saw him at, but <laughs> yeah, he was around twenty to one. 20, I yeah, think. Sorry, yeah. Okay. Someone I quite like is Victor Perez, who I saw ghostwriter Matthew Matthew Southgate's column, and he was obviously in a battle with Southgate at the Dunhill Links, and he said he Southgate said he was just a phenomenal driver of the golf ball, which is really important at uh, the Majlis course. Having played there myself, it's a very daunting driving track, so that will stand him in good stead. His last four starts, I think he has finished. Fourth, second, twentieth, and second. Uh, so look out for him to do well this week. And also, I wish to toot my own horn here. I did a piece in the Golf Monthly uh, magazine that was ten players to look out for in twenty twenty, and Victor Perez was uh, one of them. So, yeah, brilliant, I mean, brilliant ball striker, awesome. very high up on the greens and regulation charts, and he has JP Fitzgerald on the bag. I think still. He looks um, obviously Rory's hit, old bag man. I saw him hit a couple of shots. There's something a little bit stenson about him. Like when I saw him hit, hitting and like on his follow through, I was like, "Oh, Stenson's playing." And I was like, "Oh no, it's Victor Perry." He doesn't wear a glove though. I don't. I, I, I do not that. get how you cannot wear a glove in the Middle East. Not wearing a glove. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. must be a very cool customer. <laughs> must have very dry hands. Yeah. So, Nigel, you played there in November, did you? I did. Yes, it was. Uh, we played off the blue tees. Um, so the course was playing something like 6,900 yards which is very long for someone like me who doesn't hit the ball that far I mean further than you but still not that far um, and things that struck me were tough driving course a lot of sort of subtle dog legs that you don't really see on the television you really need to be able to move your ball both ways and, and someone higher up in the total driving stats I think would do well this week I mean as you expect from from Middle East golf course there's quite large undulating slick greens um, seven or eight water hazards but a, a really good ball striker I think would do well this week would you recommend Dubai as a golfing destination? Yeah, no, I I've would, never I been. There's the conditioning of all the golf courses I've played there is absolutely superb. Um, it's a fantastic place to play. I mean, the the downside is that it's not the cheapest place in the world because the conditioning and the quality of the courses is so good. Dubai in general is is a place where I think you need a decent bit of money to go and have a good time there. But if you do have that and you, you've been saving up for a, for a golf break further afield, then I would definitely recommend Dubai. It was two pound eighty a pint in Budapest at the weekend in yeah, the yeah, main club you're not in the get city. That in Dubai. No. <laughs> One thing as well with Dubai because I had a friend who lived there. It's, it's all on when you go as well. So like this time of year, it's like the temperature is really nice. It's like not really that hot I, yeah. know I know it's like still above 30 odd but like during the summer months like it's pushing 50 
Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it's going there. And I'd true. say I've been, as you say, start and end of the year. I think you could. You can play night golf there, can't you? As well, you yeah. can. So yeah, maybe that's can. something for the evenings when it's a bit hot. Yeah, I mean, my brother's um, my brother works for Emirates, and his balcony overlooks Emirates Golf Club, Emirates the airline, I should say. Uh, and we would we would come, we'd go out for dinner, and then come back and just watch people playing night golf on the Faldo course. And there was eleven o'clock at night. You look down, and there are many many groups of people playing. It's very popular. That's, that's definitely on my bucket list to play night golf somewhere, like it's proper it's night golf, not in the UK when you use some rock hard balls I did that once and it ruined my three wood like it made a a serious dent so careful guys when you're playing night golf let's face it it's Dubai it's if you like there's anything if you want to do anything like it's there like yeah it's crazy golf like they've thought of it like whatever a very adrenaline junkie sort of place you know mm. there's a lot of fun activities to do there's there's good nightlife there's beaches there's really nice restaurants the golf offering is fantastic so as an all-round golf break destination especially if you're some more younger and possibly a little bit more active then i would I'd recommend it yeah right and then over in california this week we've got the farms insurance open uh, tiger woods makes his first start of 2020 as justin rose defends at tory pines there's a big story this week well there's two big stories actually Tiger can overtake Sam Snead's record if he wins to get to 83 PJ Tour wins. Yeah, when, average when, career. When? When he wins. <laughs> <laughs> when or if, I don't know. And then McElroy can also become world number one again if he wins. So two massive storylines there. Maybe this is why they didn't play because they're really gearing up for a massive event. It's played over both courses at Tory Pines. That's the North and the South. Two-time winners Jason Day and Snedeker are playing. So is 2017 winner John Rahm, Shofley, Matsuyama, Fowler, Reed, Woodland, Spieth, Mickelson, Molinari. And there's a big $7.5 million prize fund. So you're saying that McElroy could go to world number one. In your opinion, sorry, hijacking the podcast here, who do you think will be world number one at the end of the year? Uh, McElroy, we predicted last year, so I've got to stay with that. I can't say different <laughs> things. You? I think Rahm. I've got a feeling about Rahm this year. Mm. He's going to win a major, and he's obviously a fine player. And you forget how little golf he's played comparatively as well. Yeah. Uh, I think Rom's a good shout, but I'm trying to work out what he would have to do because aren't, aren't like isn't the drop between one and two significant to three? So like he'd have to win like four events. Yeah, but you win, you win a major WGC that takes care of that. Which is yeah, more than capable of doing. But like that's that's on the basis of Rory or Brooks not winning, and I can't see one of them not winning a major this year to be honest there are four majors though no I know but like <laughs> but like they would sustain so if Ram, if they both win a major Ram and one of the other two That's then quite, quite then, a sizable if gonna... though yeah agreed but more so for McElroy than Kepka, given his recent record Ram basically wins on every third start on the European <laughs> tour as well <laughs> Yeah. yeah. If I you're mean, struggling, you just go and play the European yeah, Tour exactly. for six months. <laughs> win the Spanish Open, win the DP World again. Yeah. He always loves Ireland as well, doesn't he? Like, yeah, win that again. Um, no, I think Rory. I'm going to go with Rory as well, I think. Oh, we're in agreement there. So, how do you see Tiger Woods' 2020 going? He had a fantastic year last year, despite a massive lull in the middle. He started it very well and ended it extremely well, especially at the President's Cup. After, like, the Zozo was completely out of the blue. But the President's Cup, there was a lot of pressure on him around a really difficult golf course. And, you know, the the, the artist painted the canvas (laughs) beautifully well. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a little bit worried about how much golf he's intending to play this year in terms of his back. He didn't play enough last year. He didn't play enough, 
but that was purely because he was looking towards this year because he said he wants to play in the Ryder Cup and Olympics. So, and he was noticeably exhausted at the 2018 exactly. Ryder Cup, wasn't he? He was noticeably knackered. Oh, I suppose the week before he won the Tour Championship, didn't he? Yeah. So he's probably that's fair, exhausted from that. But yeah, I'm a little bit concerned about how much golf he is intending to play because he's. So what what, is it, what events has he signed up to now? Genesis, sorry, Riviera, Farmers. That's it at the moment, oh, I think. Okay, he's he's going to go back to Old Tiger and play, what, 15 events a year, something like that? Yeah, it? he'll do Bay Hill, he'll do yeah. Sawgrass. He always turns so Rust is a consideration, but then again, he won Zozo after not having played for a while, didn't he? So, yeah. I know. Who I think what really, tiger, who knows, what, what really struck tiger. me was how much that Masters victory seemed to take out of him. He was I mean, poor in the majors after that, wasn't he? Um, that he seemed to noticeably set him back. But am I going to bet against him winning Augusta again? <laughs> no. So you're saying he's going to win the Masters no, again? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying I'm not going to bet against him. Yeah, I'll, I'll do it. I'm not saying I'll I'm going to bet I'll for him either. Gonna... <laughs> say Tiger's going to win the Masters again. If he does stay healthy, though, for the rest of his career, he could genuinely win 18 majors. Well, you can see him contending at Augusta until he's 50. Um, possibly the Open too. It, you're forcing me to say what his major tally's going to be when he retires? Probably land on 16. Yeah, that'd still be yeah, quite think, good to him with another one. one or two more, I think probably end up one behind. Yeah, I, I don't think he's gonna gonna catch Nicholas, let alone supplant him. But again, I wouldn't write him off. Yeah, you can't. This is the you greatest golfer I've ever seen in my own eyes. Yeah, I'm not exactly. gonna write him off. Yeah, that's important for me as well because hopefully I'll get to go to the Open this year for the first time, and hopefully I'll get to see Tiger in the flesh for the first time. So just re- stay fit, Tiger, if you're listening, please. Really oh, Sam, honestly, there. mate, it makes a different sound. <laughs> <laughs> You hear that cliche, but then when you actually yeah. see it, it's like... Oh, I know what you mean. Just how the ball leaves the club face. Seeing Rory here Have you not year. heard he's got back scourgery scheduled for June? Scourgery? Back scourgery. <laughs> <laughs> no, no don't do it, Target, please. Uh, <laughs> That's a joke. Sam, so you have written the betting tips for the website. Yeah, I've actually... And you, you fancy him, don't un- you? Unimaginative and gone with Tiger, yeah, because obviously he's won... I mean, he loves Torrey Pines, doesn't he? He's won seven Farmers Insurance events and he's won 2008 US Open. I mean, he's only 10 to 1, so he's third favourite, um, I believe, at the moment. So, obviously, odds are pretty short there, but, I mean, it's put enough money on, you'll get, you'll get some money out of it. Um, and the other guy I chose was uh, Francesco Molinari. I like that. Yes, he missed the cut last week. But it's a course where you have to hit it pretty reasonably far, and he averages over 300 yards. Um, but you also have to be really accurate, and that's literally how he's well, his best attribute, isn't it? His form's been pretty he's poor been too quiet for too long, though. Yeah. It, but like he still he won last year. He won Bay Hill, um, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Sorry, <laughs> I don't know why I questioned that then. Um, he won Bay Hill. I just think for somebody that good, because he's 60 to one. I think somebody that good and you get them at that longer odds I mean that's pretty worth something well after 63 holes at Augusta last year we were like Molinari is the new face of golf he's a machine yeah. nobody can stop Doesn't him make a bogey ever. and then suddenly Tiger <coughs> overtook him a, a lot of players have had peaks haven't they over the last few years you think yeah. Jason Day when he was unstoppable 15-16 Molinari Spieth DJ um, I guess the question is whether that will be become his normal form or whether that was just a purple patch and we're not going to see him return to those heights again I think somewhere in between his his base level and, and his peak would be where I'd expect to see Molinari going forward yeah are you tipping anyone this week 
quite like the look of Tony Finau. Now, I know he doesn't really win golf tournaments. Yeah, um, you, but you've been he shot very a, clear on that in the office. Yeah, so he, he shot he 62 last week, uh, tied for 15th. Um, I don't think he's finished worse than 24th at Torrey Pines in five starts. And obviously he would have reflected in the off-season and sat down and said, I need to start winning more golf tournaments. So what better place to do that than Torrey Pines in January? Yeah, he's so consistent. Like, He's another player, just needs to get a little bit lucky. And just how find, some, find some more form in the yeah, greens. Like, but yeah, yeah. He's, he's quality. That's a good pick. Yeah. I like that. But yeah, the, the other two picks that I've selected, if you go to the Golf Month website, it's on the homepage, Farmers Insurance, Betting Tips 2020. Um, and you'll see the other two who I've gone for. Great field, though. Very much looking forward to watching this event. Yeah, good to have it back. Uh, right, we had a few questions this week. Mark Hawkins, I've not watched Tin Cup yet. I'm very sorry. Paul Meikle <laughs> on Facebook says, next open venue for 2023, is it Turnberry? I had a look. No. No. These guys are saying no. I'm probably going to say no as well. I think it'd be Murfield. 2022 is in Liverpool. So they'll go back to Scotland. I think Portrush is penciled in for 25. I, th- I think I think the problem is um, with everything that's going on in America right now, I think it's difficult to foresee any golf event going to Turnbury in particular. Yeah, Turnbury officially is still on the road. officially on the road, but I'd be surprised if it went there in 23. Yeah, yeah. so would I. Chris Hornby on Facebook asks, do you think Fitzpatrick's left below right grip for chipping will become more popular on tour and by amateurs? I have yips, so yeah, I could try it. <laughs> yeah, I've seen I've seen it happen before. Yeah. I think, I it's think people are constantly searching thing. for improvement in their short games, aren't they? So yeah, I think we'll see more people giving it a go. Yeah. Especially on short on ones. Not, remains to be seen. If it works, it works. Just yeah. I played with a guy last year who chips one handed. I don't know if Cool. Any of you listeners do, but uh, it wasn't Isn't working out for him. Some guy on the European tour who did that a few seasons back, Jason Palmer or someone like that. Oh, I don't know, yeah. possibly. Uh, God, what advantage is there to be gained from that? Uh, <laughs> Nige- Probably a response to the yips, though. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. yeah. Nigel, you might know the answer to this one as the rules guy. Uh, are you allowed to wear headphones while tuned off? Graham Jackson Fraser specifically asks AirPods, but there are other. Headphones available. I wouldn't think that's against the rules, but I would think that would be against tournament conditions. But I'm not sure, I have to say. God, that's um, a good question. A good question, though. Like, like in your monthly medal, could you just go around listening to the not, Golf Monthly Clubhouse think, podcast? Yeah, I, 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 I think that would be fine. But it's but not in the spirit Again, of, don't quote gotta, me on that. It's terrible etiquette, yeah, Graham. Yeah, talk to you. No, I think yeah, obviously, yeah, but if you're playing by yourself, I don't think it's against the rules to listen to music whilst you're doing that. I could be wrong. But you would well, be no, playing no, by yourself no, yeah, if you're practicing in yeah, a competition. But like in the, in the competition, yeah, no. Like it's a little bit I don't know that would wise. strictly be against the rules, but obviously it would be highly frowned upon. Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, it is. Maybe we can answer it next week with the actual answer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, we got the quiz now. Oh, it's returning. Now I'm a little bit worried I've made it a little bit too difficult this week. Oh, no. So we'll see how it goes. We did have some messages from you guys that you wanted it back. So I hope... Usually I put these quizzes together before it was cut by Elliot and Tom. So I'm just saying that I didn't create this quiz. Elliot's done it. So in case you think anybody's cheating or something. (laughs) Yeah, if you missed the quiz and you've stayed with us since, I 
appreciate that and um, hopefully you'll enjoy this one let us know how you do hopefully I'll reward you with a victory Sam's a notorious bottler uh, uh, right in, in quiz conditions I am yeah <laughs> quiz question one what was Lee Westwood's first European tour win when as well um, was it for two points is it yeah should we do two points two points one for a year one for tournament yeah buddy Actually, don't know oh, the answer no. to that Uh Have you got a year down? I've got a year. All right, cool. Yeah. Westwood spent 22 weeks as world number one. Who replaced him atop the official world golf ranking? Oh, if no. that makes sense. Oh, actually. Who took it off him? Wait, which time? Uh, like the second time. The second time. Yeah, well, the last time you had it. Oh, no. I think I know he did the first one, not the second. Oh, no, that's a disaster. When did he win his first event? Hmm. Right, question three. 15-year-old Josh Hill plays in Dubai this week after missing the cut in Abu Dhabi last week. What is his current handicap? Nearest wins. I hate nearest wins. <laughs> I think I've got three nearest wins. One. Having given it the big end, I think I'm going to be somewhat embarrassed when the results come in. I don't know. I think I'm... Oh, no. <laughs> He's very good at golf, let me tell you that. There's a clue. Um, when was the first Dubai Desert Classic? No, I wrote this down as well. Do I get an extra point for telling you who won the inaugural event? Uh, no. I bet you looked this up as we came in here. I did, you? yeah. <laughs> sorry Smart. for doing, sorry Smart. For doing yeah. my research. <laughs> Which American holds the record score at the Dubai Desert Classic? Question five. Uh... Right, so on to the second half of this week's quiz. I quite like this question. From 2010 to 2012, there were three Spanish winners of the Dubai Desert Classic in a row. Name them all, one point for each. Oh, yes. In order? Not in order. No, please, not in order, yeah. Cool, you guys have done your research. You're straight down. That's the last one. Oh, no. Cause I, I, so that's I, 2010, 2011, 2012. As I look this up, there have been six Spanish winners of this event. And like Sevi and Ollie were the first two, and then there was like bam, 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 bam. You're not getting any more points for this. No, I know. I just thought I'd. Ellie, have you got an auxiliary pen? Mine's not working. Yeah. Oh, Thank you. It's got to be some kind of forfeit for that. Using the producer's pen? Yeah. Surely that's minus half a point or something. Uh, we'll see. Des- um, desperation. <laughs> yeah, Sticks down, of desperation. Damn right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, right. Uh, question seven. What is Andrew Landry's new world ranking? Would you like a clue what he was last week? Oh, no. Oh, no. Yes, I would no, like no, a clue. No, yes, no, 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 no. Because I let this off, I think. I think Sam may know this. Is this closest wins or is it? Uh, this is nearest wins, yeah. Can I please have his world ranking last week? He was this, 240th in the world this, last week. This is disgusting. I think Sam's got what, it anyway. What, what so. if we get this wrong now? <laughs> Right, this is our second easy question of the quiz. How many farmers insurance opens as Tiger Woods won? That was question eight. Yeah, I kind of said that earlier, didn't I? Didn't I? Why did I say it earlier? No. <laughs> right, question nine. 2019 PGA Tour Player of the Year, Rory McIlroy, makes his first start of 2020 this week. How many PGA Tour titles has he won? Yes. <laughs> 
Are you right, Nigel? No, it's the just clock like, is I don't know the do answer, do so do I'm do trying do to work do back. It's last one, is it? Ten. Question ten. Last year, Justin Rose won the Farms Insurance Open as world number one. What is his current world ranking? <laughs> yep. Just trying to still think of Rory McIlroy's PJ Tour victories. Right, could I get you guys to swap sheets? Oh. Question one: What was Lee Westwood's first European Tour win? What was it? Anybody? I think it's the Scandinavian Masters in 1996. Correct. Two points Two for points. that. Two points. 96? No. I put 1996 at least. Yeah, you got one. Then. Uh, who replaced Westwood as world number one? Donald. Donald? Yeah, that's correct. Donald. What is Josh Hill's handicap? So Nigel said plus seven. Sam said plus five. It's plus 5.4, so if Sam gets oh. that. Sorry, I should have said to the exact. 5.4. <laughs> so he's 0.1 away from being plus six, which then would have been in the middle. Um, the first Dubai Desert Classic, when was that? Nice, but 89. Yeah, that's correct. Sam, you're, you're going well. You've defeated me, I think. <laughs> which American holds the record score at the Dubai Desert Classic? I took a swing on Chris DeMarco. It's Bryson. It's Bryson. Oh, yes. no. Last year, I think, yeah, year, yeah. 2 six, four, 24 under par. Under, yeah. uh, the three Spaniards that won in 10, 11, and 12. It's one point each, is yeah. it? Yeah. So, now I just put Kiros, Jimenez, Garcia. Two of those were right. Kiro was the third one. Yeah, it was yeah. Kiros, Jimenez, Cabrera Bello. Oh, give me a chance, Sam. Did you get all three? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I retract right. my statement that Sam's a bottler. Uh, Andrew Landry's new world ranking, nearest wins. I said, no, no, sorry, said 114th. Sam said 107. <laughs> it's 107. Oh, yeah, buddy. <laughs> Tiger Woods has 1-7, seven, Farms yeah. Insurance Opens. Uh, how many PJ Tour wins has Rory McIlroy got? It's 18, isn't it? Yeah. No, I panicked massively. What did you get? Uh, not 18. But 11. Uh, what is Clearly, Justin Rose's current ranking? Pretty sure he's ninth. He's thirteenth or something, isn't he? He's eighth. Is he? Yeah. Oh, I thought he was outside the top ten. Was that close to wins or is it exact? Wasn't uh, it? That was exact. One, I, th I think yeah. I know who won Good that. Performance. Damn, Justin Rose getting that last one wrong. <laughs> Did you get them all right apart from that? Yeah. You got twelve. Oh, I'm. I made the quiz easier because I thought it was too hard. Right, uh, thanks. You both for laughed at my research before. <laughs> thanks for playing, guys. Six. Six, yeah. Wow, poor. Um, yeah, thanks for appearing on the podcast again, Sam. Thanks, Nigel. It's been good to have you. Uh, it's been good to be here, Elliot. The original founder of the Golf Monthly Clubhouse podcast. Uh, maybe we'll have you back sometime soon. Yeah. When do you think that's going to be, Elliot? Uh, maybe next week yeah. uh, with Tom away. I don't know. But yeah, listeners, thank you for listening and your questions. Please rate and review us on your podcast provider and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast here each week. We'll be back next week to go over Dubai and Tory Pines with the Saudi International and Waste Management Phoenix Open ahead. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you again next week. <laughs>